welcome back Chosen Girls. It's great to see you again and we're here again with Dr. Mark Jones who's a licensed marriage and family, um, family therapist and that I have known for a long, long time and we just started last month talking about trauma and how everybody has experienced trauma and uh, it's nothing new, not to be ashamed of it, but just to recognize it and deal with it. And that we as we just want to become these whole pe whole girls that you know because we know God loves us chosen girls Amen. and how we deal with it and we're talking about trauma bonding and he talked to us about what trauma bonding is and um, so if you didn't see that podcast you need to go back and watch that one first so that you'll have the basis and the preliminary before this one and again, uh, my desire is again to see you and all of us free. And freedom is a process. It doesn't happen process. overnight. Uh, we're all still on the journey. None of us, I'm not sitting here with a halo going, you know, <laughs> saying, oh, I'm the perfect example. <laughs> you know, I've had to deal with this in my own life and I continually have to deal with this. And I think, you know, when you've had trauma in your life and trauma bonding, that because it was an area that in my own life then mine manifested in rejection and that I had to work out and still continue even to this day pray every day God knowing that because that wasn't an, an area that the enemy had ground that I'm going to be strong because of you God in me Amen. in that area in my life and to help me recognize it uh, because sometimes you can walk into a behavior mm -hmm or a pattern, just again, we talked about subconsciously that you're like, how did that happen? How did I get there? And, and I'd hear the, cause I'd ask the Lord that and I'd hear the Lord say, oh, you took that as rejection. Oh, you're right. Please forgive right. me. Help me, help me to recognize it before I walk into it That's so correct. that I'm, I'm walking out of it because our lives are continually, we're continually being molded in, in his image, that's in right. his likeness, and becoming more and more like him. Or That's what he wants. It's a journey, and we're all on the journey, Amen. and you're not on your journey by yourself. We're here with you, and we love you, and we pray for you, and we're here to pray for you. And so this is just to help us, as all of us girls, get free and to continue to walk in that freedom that God has for us. Uh, and that's what he wants, chosen girls, right? To know that we're chosen and loved and he wants us to walk in that freedom and not be afraid of that. And to walk out of darkness into the power of his light. Where there's darkness, let there be light. Light be and all Amen. darkness must flee, you know? So today we're going to start back and talk about, again, how does trauma manifest? We talked about some symptoms last time and some characteristics and we can talk about some more of those. And how does it manifest itself into relationships? Because... Hey, every day we're in relationships, whether it's a friend, right. a spouse, family, right. it's everyday life relationships. So let's talk about that some more. All right, trauma bonding, where it manifests mostly is relationships. So in a relationship, one of the most common forms or characteristics of trauma bonding is the savior syndrome. When you have a person who gets involved personally into a person, another person's life to save them, to rescue them, to help them, to help them improve, to help them change. However, that kind of a bond always turns out destructive. It always does, 100% of the time. 
one of the reasons, the main reason why, is because Jesus Christ already shed his blood and I call it bled out for us yeah. and our salvation and our redemption. And the Bible says he carried our sorrows, our griefs, mm -hmm. our pains. Thanks. He was wounded for our, our transgressions. transgressions. Yes. Well, what happens with the Savior Center on characteristics of, of trauma bonding is the person begins to, maybe they don't start off this way, but they eventually believe that they can help and they really do their best to help that person be saved or help that person improve or help that person not be wounded and help bear their wounds with them. Really what they're doing and don't even realize it is they're substituting for what Jesus already mm -hmm. accomplished. Okay. And then they become the savior. And in Galatians 3.13, I find this so profound. <clears throat> the second half of Galatians 3.13 says that everyone, that's everyone. I looked up the word everyone, it means everyone. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> everyone. 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 Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That's the cross. Yeah. Meaning, if you, if you take Jesus's place in somebody else's life or attempt to, you can never really achieve that. But mm. if you attempt to, you're taking on the curse. And wow. Jesus took on the curse. Yes. And then you get crucified, right? Yeah. By wounds and problems and continued traumas because you are not, we are not the savior. But if we try to bleed out for someone, hoping, even wrapping God around, well, I'm doing it, hoping God will change them. <laughs> it won't ever work because right. Jesus is the savior. He was wounded for our transgressions and doesn't de depend on us or obligate us to bleed out for somebody else's transgressions, but that's the most common trauma, common trauma bonding is the savior syndrome. Wow. Then the other common one is duplicating in a relationship what's happened to you. Example, the most common. Uh, let's say that a, a uh, young lady grows up in a, in a family environment where there's a lot of drama, a lot of yelling, a lot of aggression, a lot of cussing each other out and wounding each other <laughs> with like words. My life. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up in that, well, yep. here, here's what happened. That encodes yep. that that person. And in addition to that, not only does the trauma or the wound and the pain that's continuous encode them, like we discussed earlier, but because they're in their developmental years in life, they're more susceptible to that trauma. So it goes deeper into them and integrates into how they believe a relationship should be. So let's say later on, 10 years later, 15, 20, whatever it is, they're in a, they're in a good relationship that could be good. It's uh, peaceful. Uh, it might be too boring for the person who grew up with all the mm -hmm. trauma, right? Mm -hmm. So they start- that's how they knew how to do life and survive was in that, that situation, that's correct. right? So what do they do in a peaceful, what could be good relationship? They cause trauma. That's, that's it. <laughs> they cause problems. They yeah. cause problems. They start name calling. They, when they're having a peaceful time, maybe with their husband or wife, they, they, they subconscious, right? They're yeah. not realizing that's what they're about to do. Right. But they get these internal promptings, like to start an argument mm. and then let it ramp up. Now, here's the most unfortunate but fascinating part of this. Secondary to the argument they start, what they're actually doing is measuring how much 
the, uh, they're loved by how much the other person negatively emotionally escalates with them. If they drastically escalate, the person here says, oh, they love me because they got so upset. And that's something? That's wow. what happens in trauma. So those are two common characteristics, savior syndrome and then all of the negative energy that comes along with it. The other common one is, let's say you have one person who has an addiction or, or they're wounded and their spouse is a caretaker for them, basically. Okay. So I was the first therapist on the first network of the A&E network, large network, uh, on the first weight loss show they had many years ago. And we had 10 clients who were three to 600 pounds. And every one of them had significant wounds and traumas, 100% of them in their life. And here's what happened to half of them. When they began to get well, they began to lose their weight, but they got emotionally well. We were in counseling. I gave them tools. We helped them get healed where they're no longer functioning as wounded people. You know, they lose 300 pounds. It's a long, hard journey, right? Yes, yes. And they finally now are no longer emotional invalids or, and they can navigate physically. Yeah. And they're, they're getting strong. What do you think happens? Their spouse feels like they're abandoning them. Wow. And, they're, and they feel threatened at this newfound health. That's a trauma bond. Wow. They're, they're bonded with, I'm your caretaker, and now you don't need me anymore. Wow. We have no other compatibilities wow. to bond us yeah. together. And half of them got divorced. Oh, that's when, so sad. And when the healthy woman was saying, I'm not leaving you. Don't right. interpret it that way. Right. I'm we can, just myself. I have to get healthy. That's but. correct. And we can now both be healthy together yes. and have an enjoyable, healthy life yes. together, right? Yes. But because that was supposed to be what their bond was anyway. That's correct. That right both in. you have a healthy person here and a healthy person that's here, correct. and you come together on that same that's level. That's what that God wants. That's his. That's God. That's what God wants. That's His purpose, that's and that's his what purpose. He wants is you, you're healthy, he's healthy, you come together healthy, and you move together as one because you become one flesh. That's correct. And you're supposed to move together That's like correct. that, right? But that didn't happen that because happen. it started off That's wrong, correct. right? That's correct. It yeah. started off with one being the caretaker right. and one being wounded, and then they wrap their bond, hence trauma bonding, in their relationship that way. And then when one, the, the unhealthy one gets well, the other one who is now unhealthy, unhealthy. that's a trauma bond, yes, right? Yes. Feels like they're abandoned and not appreciated and or some other emotion. You don't need me yeah. anymore. Mm -hmm. Then there's a breach in the relationship because the bond was around the problem. Wow. Trauma bonding. Yeah. The other form of trauma bonding that's very common is how something will manifest in someone's body. Okay. Uh, so. Uh, I counseled with a young lady. In fact, she gave her testimony in my book I wrote, Walking Wounded. I wrote that book out of 20 some odd years of counseling uh, about these wounds. So I would see her through sessions uh, over time and I noticed she started gaining weight. She gained 200 pounds. I noticed that she didn't like to wear any clothes where, that would press up against her skin. It was always a loose dress. Mm -hmm. She never wore pants, mm -hmm. always wore flip-flops no matter what the weather was. And when she hugged, it would be at a distance from the side like this. 
And finally, I told her one day, that looks like a wound to me manifested in your life. And also she hated sweating, hated sweating, refused to sweat under any circumstance. And I finally talked to her about it and she said, no, that's not a wound. I just don't like sweating and I like loose dresses. <clears throat> and I said, well, why don't we ask the Holy Spirit to show you what this is? You know, sometimes, you know, all of the time, but yes. sometimes when you think you know something, but you have a wound behavior, yes. you're in denial of yes. it, right? It's yes. scary yes. to yeah. deal with it's it, scary. right? Or Cindy, the enemy wants to keep it covered. Too. Wants to keep it covered. Yeah. Kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness Kim wants to keep so it covered. So what happened is we prayed there in my office. She raised her head up, and even in that moment, she still didn't connect the dots. She said to me, the only thing I can think of is I was raped at age 17 years old. Wow. <laughs> and I said, let's connect uh, some dots here. Where were you when you were being raped? In the back seat of a car. What time of the year was it? It was summertime. Were you sweating profusely? And then the dots connected. Wow. Oh, yes, I was sweating. And you hate to sweat. A wound behavior, right? Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, did you gain significant weight? Yes, I did that so no man in my mind could ever find me attractive and there was a barrier. That's because of the rape. You don't like to wear any clothes that are touching your skin. Was he pressing up against you and forcibly holding you down? Were you screaming? Yes. Wow. Hence, you don't like to wear any clothes wow. like that. You see how yeah. trauma creates wound behaviors, yeah. and she didn't connect the dots. Well, thank God you prayed and asked the Holy Spirit. Holy to Spirit re knew. To re yeah, knew that. That's right. And she couldn't even and didn't even see it until you asked the Holy Spirit That's to exactly reveal that. Exactly correct. And thank God it came to light because then she could get free. That's right, because the Holy Spirit wants us free. Of course. So if you ask Him, He'll show you. Yes. He'll show you. Yes. Wants you free, but you see the person has to push through embarrassment, shame, yes. fear, maybe get with somebody to help them yes. push through, right? Yes. And, but shame will make you not want to reach uh, out, true. right? That's right. And then you begin to pray together. You ask the Holy Spirit to show you, what is this, the reaction I have? What is this I'm calling a wound behavior yeah, why I have? Is this, why? why is it there? Why is it there? And the Holy Spirit will connect dots for you. And then at that point, just the revelation of where that wound behavior originates yes. is freedom itself. Yes, it is. That's because the start of that it. That is the start. And even before that, you being willing to say, okay, there's something wrong. I want to be well. It's exactly like, you correct. know, Jesus said, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? That's right. Will you come to the light? Are you open or do you want to live your life? Because we all have the choice to continue to live our life in bondage. That's correct. And not in the life that God has created for us to live. That abundant, amazing, he came to give us that abundant life. And that's in Amen. every area of our life. Do we want that? We have a choice. We have a choice. We all have a choice. And once we say, no, I don't care. I don't care what I have to do. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to let the enemy keep me, but I want to live that life. I want to live a victorious mm -hmm. life. I, yes. Do I want to be well? Yes. Then take up your mat and want, okay, what do I need to do to be well? And That's then correct. Holy Spirit, show me. And so, like you said, that was the oh, beginning. Man. That it's was the, the beginning, beginning. of her freedom. That was the beginning of her freedom. It was the beginning. Let me mention this right quick. When memories encode and you have bodily symptoms, emotional symptoms, or memories uh, of your past, many times you feel the pain again. Well, 
you could misinterpret that as unforgiveness mm -hmm. easily, right? Yeah. Because people think because they remember that that equals unforgiveness. Mm, yes. But the way I like to word it to help people heal properly and thoroughly is unforgiveness is a separate act from the healing process. Let's say someone breaks your leg and afterwards you forgive them sincerely with your heart as a choice, right? As a choice. To free That's your right. soul. It's, it's a choice. That's right. All right. Well, you have sincerely forgiven them, but you still have the broken, <laughs> the broken leg, leg that you have to contend with, the pain and the distrust that yep. comes along with that. That's right. So that's why I say forgiveness is one act, healing is another act. Mm -hmm. Now they can help each other, mm -hmm. help each other, but they're separate. And so this would help people as well to know that just because they remember the pain or even feel it again, doesn't mean they haven't forgiven. And furthermore, uh, distrust is a part of yes. woundedness. Yes, yes it is. When someone wounds you, yes. you're going to distrust them. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you see some people feel guilty because they don't trust after they've been wounded. Yeah. And maybe that helps uh, people to know that just because you remember doesn't mean you haven't forgiven. That's true, and trust has to be earned. And, and it has to, and it takes time. And you and I were talking earlier uh, about, especially earlier, we were talking about abusive relationships, uh, whether it be uh, a spouse or a boyfriend or something like that. And you yeah. were talking about how uh, they come back to, and it's like, yes, I've forgiven them. And, and if it was a husband or a boyfriend or whatever, you forgive them. But that doesn't mean that like the healing is going to take time and the trust is going to take the time. Trust. They have to earn that back. That's correct. Trust is earned and developed Yeah. by consistent, productive, not consistent negative, no. consistent deposits, <laughs> not withdrawals. Right. We have an emotional bank account. That's exactly And we right. need, a, you have deposits. to have deposits into your emotional bank account. That's exactly right. right. Because you've had a lot of withdrawals. A lot of withdrawals. <laughs> and that takes time. That's right. So consistency, yeah. productive, new, consistent rebuilding of trust. Transparency, yes. truth, loyalty, commitment, communication. Like couples, for example, could say, oh, I'm not gonna give you my passcode on my phone. I'm not gonna let you control me that way, right? That's not transparency and it breeds distrust. Of course right? it does, yeah. That's an easy thing to connect. However, many couples have secrets under the auspices of they're not gonna be controlled. Creates distrust. Yeah. And then the one who's not giving, in this example, their passcode to their phone or their computer gets angry because they're not trusted when they're creating the distrust. Uh -huh. So anytime there's been wounds, uh, trust has to be intentionally developed. Mm -hmm. And many people actually don't know how to really put that together with wisdom and with logic. That's another example of reach out and get help if you actually don't know how to develop trust with an individual with whom you are in a relationship and you want that relationship to be good. Remember, you can't just say, I forgive you, and then go back to your same old destructive no, behaviors you cannot. and no. be healthy. No. 
it'll never work, right? Yeah, no, it won't. And then, you know, too, you were talking to me earlier about in the examples that you've had about, say, women that were in an abusive relationship, and time may go by, they haven't had any contact with that person, but then they contact them again. Now, they forgave that person, but then talk about that, because that was so, I was like, yes, I see that all the time, and that's so important, then yes. they start feeling guilty. So that was a yes. really good point. I see this in my, in my counseling sessions. I've been counseling for 28 years, 60,000 hours, and, if, <laughs> wow. and I, it's a, many hours. <laughs> and, uh, what I see often uh, in couples whether that's a boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, whatever it is, uh, what happens is if, if the wounds that a person has experienced uh, are in the category of abuse and they finally get out of that relationship and their abuser, which is very common, gives some form of an apology. Sometimes it's really just to look good. They're not really sure. going to change anything, yeah, right? right. Right. And maybe make themselves feel good mm -hmm. to lower their own self-condemnation out of their destructive behavior, whatever that might be. Well, then let's in this case say that the, the uh, lady, the female, uh, finally got out of the abusive relationship. The abuser uh, wants to bring her back into it for whatever reason, right? He can't stand not winning. He mm -hmm. can't, he can't stand the fact that she's actually not within his control, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, then he reaches out and begins to gradually pull her back in, maybe with tears, maybe with, I shouldn't have acted that way, I was so horrible, will you please forgive me? Okay, right there, mm -hmm. will you please forgive me? The victim now feels guilty mm -hmm. and they misdefine forgiveness. Mm -hmm. They are interpreting forgiveness as, getting back into the destructive yes, relationship. Yes, yes. That's not forgiveness. You yeah. must draw boundaries. Good. Guard your heart with all yes, diligence. Yes, yes, yes. Not some diligence. <laughs> all, all diligence. diligence. Yes. For out of it are the issues of life. That's right. But what happens if they don't draw that boundary and don't, don't stop and say, wait, this is not forgiveness to get back into this abusive mm -hmm. relationship. I have forgiven you for what you did. Correct. But but I'm not gonna get back right. into it right. and subject myself to this same destructive exactly. relationship again. Yes. So they have to begin to not define, uh, for not define getting back into it as forgiveness, right. and they have to invalidate the guilt feelings they're probably feeling if they don't get back into the relationship. Because remember, an abuser, part of one of, one of, their, one of their strong techniques is to constantly accuse and to try to make their victim feel guilty. Mm -hmm. And then when their victim does feel guilty and it pulls them back, back in, in, then they're back into it. So you must use the tool of forgiveness. Yeah. Does not mean you put yourself into a negative or destructive relationship again or a scenario again. And if you have guilt over not doing that, invalidate the guilt feelings knowing that you just got your Brain, you got your head brainwashed mm -hmm. with those accusations over right. and over, which right. incidentally, as we said earlier, is exactly what the kingdom of darkness does, right? Yes. That's yes. how they steal and kill, kill. and destroy. Yeah. That's one of the ways yeah. he does it is through accusations. accusations. And the Bible calls him the accuser the of accuser, the brother. So, yeah. so what I tell people to encourage them is when you feel accusations coming up inside right. of your head or your emotions, right. stop. Right. right there. That's good. And don't trust right. those accusation so feelings good. and the guilt. 
That is so true. I know I always, uh, sometimes people will say, well, I don't know, uh, I felt all this condemnation. Well, that's not God. Okay, not if you're God. feeling condemnation, that's not that's not the Lord. That's not the Bible. God doesn't come and condemn you. Right. Or, he's not trying or, to make you feel he's bad. He's not trying to not make giving you, you a hard time. Yeah, right. I mean, he's not over there with a stick trying to beat you up. He's that's not correct. trying to condemn you. He loves you. That's right. He's he's wooing you and loving you and drawing you oh, back. Oh, and yeah. so he's not doing that. And yeah. so we talked about too that you know we just have to learn uh, people that have had this trauma bonding to start walking out of it. And you talked about some of the things that, you know, obviously recognizing it, making that decision, talking to someone, writing things down. And, and as you do that, learning to process things differently in your That's mind. Because the battleground is here. That's correct. It's in your mind, right? Exactly correct. You have to learn to process differently. Yes. Instead of the old wounded default right. way that was established and became... You became really familiar with yes. it. Yes. You have to learn to process, process out of it. Yeah. Replace it. Remove and replace. The remove Bible even says, yes. remove the old. Uh, yeah. Replace, replace it with the, the new. new. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a spiritual principle. Yeah. And it's also a psychological principle that God established. Remove the old. Replace it with the new intentionally. Yeah. And just you know, I have the mind of Christ. Uh, I'm bringing every thought captive into the complete obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ, casting down those imaginations and processing it different. I remember I told you, you know, when Caroline, we've talked about this too, when Caroline Leaf was here, she talked about it takes 21 days. That's straight. 21 days straight, okay, every day for 21 days to reprogram or process differently negative or bad thoughts that have been put in your mind because this is where the battleground is and you have to do that. Like you said, you know, remove them, replace them with what God says. And remove and replace is one of the definitions of reprogramming your mind. Yes, yes. And in Romans 12, the Bible says, it produces change. Be changed Amen. by, by the, the renewing, renewing of, your, of mind. your mind. That produces change. Yes. And the way you renew your mind is to remove the old and replace Place with it. the new, new and to have knowledge of what that new replacement is. What that new is. is, yeah. That's correct. Which is the Word of God, word number of God. one. I mean, that's one. And then of when you go to, if you go to see a, a counselor or someone that's helping you walk through things to see then what that's is correct. that other. That's correct. Right. It's those Remove two. the old, Remove. identify what the old is. Yeah. Identify what the new is. Yeah. Put it in place. And then like you said, you have to practice it. You have to practice it. You have to be so serious you or do. desperate. Both. Either one, both. <laughs> that's true. Where that's you true. practice consistently. Yeah. It's an everyday thing. It is. Until it becomes the new norm. It is. Well, and that's why I said even with my in my own life, I mean, I still, every day, I in my own life, I say, Lord, you know, um, put a guard over my mind. Help me to mm-hmm. see, because in my own life, I would like, I'd walk into rejection or respond a certain way because I was programmed. Programmed. I programmed myself. Programmed. And I was like, okay, so just put a screen over my mind that I will see that and recognize it before I walk into it. And I choose to bring every thought captive into the complete obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ, to cast down the imaginations, to see it before I walk into it, and to always keep the guard up. You have to, like you said, every day, and you have to, especially when you're walking out of something like this, you have to continually keep your guard up. That's correct. Right? Renew your mind 
every day. One of the ways you do that too is you get up and say 10 scriptures. Yep. It seems mechanical for nope. me to say it that no. way, right? No. Say five or 10 scriptures over yourself. Yep. Make those confessions, those confessions, make those declarations, yes, and purposefully, intentionally practice it. And if you find the old learned behavior, the old wounds, the old traumas coming up, even against your will, yeah, you have to recognize what those are, yes, not validate them, not obey them, not practice them, and practice the new. And yes. if you can't learn by yourself, don't isolate yourself. Please. If you can't learn by yes. yourself how to put new tools in there, yeah. get with someone who can help you. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, great. Thank you again so much My for pleasure. Dr. Mark Jones for being here. We My love pleasure. you and appreciate you and all the, Thank how you. many hours did you say that was? 60? 60,000. I don't know how, hours. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> all those hours that you've helped so many people and you continue to help so many people. We, I love you. Thank you. Love We're you so too. so grateful appreciate for your ministry. you. We appreciate your ministry and what Thank you do you. and how many people you've helped. And ladies, I know this is going to help you a lot. And I'm so excited about the freedom it's going to bring to you Amen. to continue to help you on your journey. Become that, again, amazing woman, chosen woman of God. I love you and we'll see you next time. God bless you. Remember, you are chosen. He actually picked you out. He actually loves you yeah. more than you can ever imagine. And I love you and we're for you and we're standing with you. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to our Chosen Bible Study Podcast. For more information on Chosen, make sure you visit us at chosenessay.com and follow us on our social sites. We'll see you next time. And remember, you are chosen.